This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. I'm Kamara Dorsey, and you're listening to WQED Voice of the Arts. In the studio today, we have Lorraine. She is a Pittsburgh-based musician who's been writing her own music since the age of eight. To me, that is amazing because I haven't written anything. So, <laughs> Thank you. So to be writing music at the age of eight, that's amazing. So I'm Thank so you. glad that you're here today. So can you just go ahead and tell our WQED FM listeners a little bit about who you are and your background and how you got your start in music? Yes, thank you for having me first, Kamara. Um, this is really an honor. I love WQED, so this is really cool. Um, I started writing music, like I said, like at eight, and that started with my mom having a um, thing called Thursday's Tracks at her daycare. So the kids were interested in music. I was eight at the time, and she created this thing called Thursday's Tracks where we wrote songs, um, and she would give us a topic, and we would have to write a song about it. Now at the time, I only sang at church just with like the kids' choir, nothing special, but when she gave us the assignment to write a song, and I believe the first song was like about rain. That was the topic. I went and I had 15 minutes to write a song. All the kids did. And my song was pretty good. And my mom was like looking it up afterwards, like, you didn't write this girl. <laughs> and um, I did write it. So uh, I that's when I really fell in love with songwriting. And I kept doing it after that. I was really blessed to get connected with different mentors along my journey. At 11, I started working with Dwayne Fulton, who was still a big uh, mentor for me. He took me in the studio, taught me how to kind of really arrange music and start putting it together the right way. Um, and I kept writing, was in a ton of talent shows, uh, continued to sing in my church. Um, singing as a worship leader is still really important to me now because I'm still uh, very active in my church. Yeah, and then I was with a label during my teen years, which ended up being the typical label experience where we broke up. But during that time when I was with the label, it was so great just to travel and to perform my own original pop music at the time. And I met lifelong friends, the producer that I worked with then, I'm still really close with him. We released several singles, a 12-hour project when I was 18 of like trying to see how many songs we could write and record in 12 hours. And I think I did nine. Um, and it was it was really cool because we worked together to create that project. People didn't believe we did it, but it was, you know, coming from being a child and writing quickly, it was something that I really started to enjoy doing. I'm naturally an overthinker, so writing quickly made me think, like, made me not overthink writing. Yeah, so I trained in classical Italian and Broadway music. I am now a student of Nikki Porter's for vocal lessons. Okay, she nice is Nikki. just, yes, <laughs> she is everything. She is who I aspire to be. I worked with her in 2018, but I was like, I called her up, like, I got to get back with you. She's just so incredible, such a good influence for me. So now I'm releasing a new project. And for the last few years, I've been having an event for artists, which I'll, I'll talk more about. But yeah, that's where my heart is, just creating um, positive music for everyone to be able to listen to that's faith-based okay yeah awesome. awesome so you did touch a little bit about how you were trained in classical music yeah. so I wanted to know how do you feel that your classical training how do you feel like that impacted you as a musician today uh, I think just with technique and knowing how to breathe knowing how to just articulate myself I think just like knowing that classical formation I think makes me a little bit more versatile depending on what song I'm singing it also has inspired a lot of my influences I also did some training with Broadway music too so I was able to uh, work with a lot of just songs that um, are you know in musicals and that just really pushed my range from um, what I typically do with like pop soul music mm -hmm. is which the, is what I would call the genre I do now 
Yeah, so I think it just has shaped my versatility. I think you can kind of hear um, it in some of the runs I do or just how I come in and out of a phrase singing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you've been classically trained. Oh, thanks, yeah. you, you do pop soul music. So you're you're very versatile. Honestly, I, think I, I don't think I don't feel like there's an artist who's like super versatile like that. Somebody can go thank from you. singing something classical to be like, I'm about to drop this Lauren Hill thing on you right uh, now. Thank you. So being a versatile artist, what are your thoughts on the importance of diversity in your journey as an artist? I think for me as a person, so I'm a pastor's kid. So I was okay. raised pretty sheltered, wasn't allowed to listen to a lot of music. So that was the reason I even started writing music mm. um, the way I do, because I wanted to create dope music that wasn't necessarily fall, doesn't fall under the gospel genre. Mm -hmm. And I think to answer your question, I think it's so important to have diversity because I wanted to be what I felt like I didn't really see. Mm -hmm. And I think so many artists want that. And today, um, I think there's so much more of that where there's like, uh, so many diverse artists that are trying to fill a space that, that they didn't see growing up. And that vacancy, I think, makes you question yourself a lot, a lot more. I think when you grow up in a certain sport, like if you're playing basketball, you want to be like LeBron James. You're, you know, you play tennis, you want to be like Serena. Um, having those influence of, influences of exactly what you are thinking you want to be like, mm -hmm. um, it gives you confidence that this is achievable. Yeah. So for me, like... I wanted to be, when I was younger, like considered in many ways like the, the black Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, someone who like stayed clothed and kept their, um, kind of on that Lauryn Hill path. That yeah. was just like, you know, my people pay, pay attention to my lyricism and what I have to offer vocally. Although I do think it's dope to be able to perform and to express yourself however you want to. And that's why diversity is so important. Yeah. Because people should be able to see see you and see that part of themselves that they want to tap more into and be inspired by that. And that should come in all different sizes, colors, and temperaments. Yeah. You know, like quiet, loud, you know, <laughs> like everybody should feel that way. That's good. So collaborating with other artists, you did touch a little bit upon the no covers thing, but I'm yes. going to keep that hush. Yeah. hush. <laughs> I'm going to hush about that until the end. But, you know, we have diversity in music, but also how do you feel about diversity as it pertains to collaborating with other artists? Yes, I think when I collaborate with other artists, it just makes me better. I, I With this latest proje project I'm working on that should be coming out in the late fall, um, I'm working with an artist named Paul Luke, and he's an Americano artist. Okay. And he is a great guitarist. He's just so good at so many different things. And even the musicians I'm working with, I felt like they were so much better than me at stuff. And at first I was intimidated by it, like, oh, man, like, I'm so far from where I want to be. But mm -hmm. then I was, like, inspired by it. It made me better. It's, it's like, helped me be a better guitarist. It's helped me, like, just increase my skills. So I think one thing is it helps you become a better, just better at whatever talent you're trying to tap into, you know, being around um, like-minded people. They say you kind of become the people that you're around. Yeah. And I think when you're around people who might be a little bit more skilled than you, it makes you level up. So from that perspective, I think... Um, it makes you a better artist, but also it's just good to uh, collaborate and just try to share resources. Mm -hmm. I think my fan base might be a little different than another artist. Their fan base, you know, I think there's always room for more artists because of the fact that everybody's different. Everybody will connect with somebody in a different way. So when you link up, you guys kind of share that connection. Mm -hmm. And linking up with people during the pandemic was so important for me because um, artists, as, as much as we could, you know, with yeah. masks and stuff. But uh, you just get to, like, realize you're not the only one going through this, like, tough time of not being able to perform. It yeah. was like it kind of was like therapeutic. 
So you have shoulders to lean on from a like emotional standpoint. And then, um, yeah, you just, you just grow in every aspect. I think it's like so important to connect with more artists and to collaborate because how else will you grow? Yeah. So you talked a little bit about being a musician during the pandemic, and I kind of yeah. wanted to go, you know, go that route because I know yeah. there are some people who had that hard time as an artist or yeah. musician. So how did you, how did you fare with that? Like, how did you yeah. get through that hard time as a musician? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think I just tried to do what everybody else did, which was like adjust as much as you can, yeah. be kind to yourself because nobody knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost a lot of shows, a lot of, um, I had just quit my job to do music full time. So I was in a good space where I had grown my social media. I had grown, um, I had consistent shows. And when the pandemic hit, it was like, whoa, all of that was kind of like snatched. And all of us didn't know how long that would be. But it forced me to dig deeper. Like my lyrics now are even like, I think more transparent and more honest because there was a time when I didn't know if I was going to be able to even do this full time or be able to get it across in the way um, that I had before. And it just kind of, it was a humbling experience where it's like, I have to make every performance, every interaction count because it, you know, it could be my last, you know, and it just made it a lot more real. I think Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a lot more grateful for the opportunities I have. So more than anything, I think just that gratitude was like big for me, just Mm -hmm. realizing how much I enjoy and genuinely love uh, creating music I, there was something I said in one of my like re- I do remixes online and I was like you guys can um you can keep me inside but you can't keep me quiet <laughs> you know so okay. I was still posting my music stuff like can't leave the house might not be making anything from yeah. this but you know I won't be silenced so mm. I think that's how all art, most artists felt during that time yeah I love that I won't be silenced Thanks. do your thing so I know there are some people who I want to touch a little bit upon this because you talked about having a you know be kind to yourself having a hard yeah. time as an artist. So what would you say to those people? You know, some people find it hard to gain traction. Some people were starting to try to yeah. do music during a pandemic, and the pandemic said no, thank you. Right. Um, yes. So I guess like what would be an encouragement for like people who are trying to gain traction, trying to get on their feet with music, or even get back on their feet? Like what would you what would you say to those individuals? Yes, I would just say your gift will make room for you. Mm. I know that's a scripture about, you know, uh, God preparing, you know, space for you. Yeah. And um, it's, I'm paraphrasing the scripture for anybody who's like, that's not no scripture. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I really think it's just important to to just think of that bread out and how there's so many different um, kinds of bread, but all of them are, you know, being purchased and all of them are matter. Yeah. So just don't feel overwhelmed by the all of the different people you see when you start creating art you're in a safe space and just really fall in love with the process that's been the hardest thing for me I used to like push stuff off because of the fact that I'm like it has to be perfect has Mm. to be a certain way and this is the best time to release music because people want to see the journey they want to see you at your nine to five and going home and making beats that makes you even more dope so I feel like don't be afraid of whatever it looks like right now would be my biggest advice. Okay. Just don't be afraid of what it looks like. Share, share, share. You have to be able to look back and see like, yo, I was trash <laughs> and now I'm less trash. That yeah. like is a pat on the back you feel. So just put it out and do that unapologetically. Okay. Yeah. So 
I had to do a little bit of creeping, you know what I mean? You know, let's call it internet sleuthing. Right. I had to do a little sleuthing, and I saw that you were featured in a Maybelline New York advertisement, and you were described as an artist who makes it happen. So I'm trying to get the details. Like, how how did that transpire? How did you get that opportunity? Yes, thank you. Um, So my sister is a model, and she's a model for Wilhelmina now. Um, Yeah, so she's like, she's cool. Like, I'm just trying to be as cool as her. That's all I've been trying to do my whole life. But she um, took me to this audition. It was a Maybelline audition. And she said, I feel like you'll be perfect for it. They were looking for models who do other things. Okay. Um, so at that time, I was like, okay, I guess I'll go with you. And the audition went really well. And I and I landed this um, campaign for them. And it was so cool because I got to see so many, like, of the most beautiful, like, you know, some Victoria's Secret models, just big models there. And they were all a part of this, like, campaign um, and it was cool because they wanted me to do my original music mm-hmm. and I'm um, just be myself. And I think during that commercial, I was talking about how I, you know, my art form is making noise, you know, and uh, <laughs> that's, I guess that's when you kind of minimize it. That's really what I do. I'm just making <laughs> I'm just making a whole bunch of noise. But, yeah, that was like a really cool experience. I shot it in New York. It was just it was amazing just to be highlighted for and um, to be a model and an artist who makes it happen. And the campaign itself was just so cool to see so many different artists. There was a photographer, just dif- people from different um, art forms, yeah, all on this campaign. And to be ch- selected for that was yeah. really, really helped boost my confidence. It was it was awesome. That's amazing. Thanks. You know, look, when, when your siblings drag you somewhere, sometimes you... Yes, I'm like, you know what? Sometimes Let's you do should this. go. Let's do this. You never know what could happen. I love that. So you're not conventional. You don't do things the conventional way. Thank you. So on August 5th, there's a little something happening. So you're hosting an, a unique event called No Covers. Can you share a little bit about the vision behind that with me? Yes, I would love to share that with you. <laughs> no Covers is really, it's my first baby. I have a baby girl, but No Covers is my my first child, I'd say. I created um, No Covers because I had this experience um, performing and opening up for a big artist a few years ago. And I was performing a cover song, a song of someone else's, that just made me feel really weird. Like, after I performed, I felt like it was my worst performance ever. I was like, oh, my goodness, who am I? Like, this isn't me. I was dancing. Anybody who knows me, I love to dance, but it's not that great. And just the whole performance, I just felt like it wasn't me because of the song I chose to sing. Mm. And I kind of vowed after that. If I do music, I'm going to do it from an authentic, honest place, no matter the venue, no matter the money that's involved. I can't do this for my mental health unless I'm doing it and I'm being honest with myself. So I wanted to create no covers because of that need I felt where it was a in a I wanted to create an event where artists could come and perform their original song. And people, the listeners come to hear their original music and they're not necessarily like famous. Mm, so yeah. I wanted it to be like intentional that th- these people are coming to find their next favorite artist right here in the city of Pittsburgh. And I wanted it all to be diverse. So you ha- we have some folk artists. We always have like a country artist. We've had poetry the last few years. This year we have a rapper who's really dope and an Americano artist. We've, we've had all of these different kind of artists and they... I'll perform one original song with a live band. And in between each song, which what makes the um, event a little different is in between each song, there's a personal interview that shows the meaning behind the song. So the artist kind of gets to tell you a little bit about themselves and why they wrote this song. And then you can really tune in with the lyrics and just build a connection um, during that uh, 
event, and it's going to be only like an hour and a half long. It's very short, intimate space. And yeah, the the point of the event is to highlight, uh, to give artists and songwriters a seamless experience right here in Pittsburgh with mm-hmm. a venue, uh, just making it well-funded, giving them a great band, just trying to take care of our artists because we appreciate them and they're yeah. amazing. And um, I just think it's going to be such a great two-step between artist and audience. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like a nice little, <laughs> little jig going. So on Voice of the Arts, we like to feature people's uh, original pieces, and we're going to yes. feature something from you. The song is called Morning Mood. So can you give us a little bit of something about why you wrote that song and, you know, what what led you to that song? Yes. Morning Mood is such a vibe to me. <laughs> Morning Mood is a song that I have with Josiah Council, okay. who is an incredible, um, I would I wouldn't even say he's an R&B artist. He's a mix of soul, mix, a mix of several things. He's also um, in No Covers. But he is uh, on the song, and he just adds such a cool, uh, his own spin to the, to the song. His voice is amazing. I wrote this song because of, I feel like in the morning time, there's so many thoughts that initially come in my head when I wake up. It's like, yeah. okay, first I'm going to conquer the world. Then I'm going to... Um, go to work and then I'm going to go back but I have to go back to sleep I can't even get out of bed and there's all these thoughts I have and I think morning mood is just about all of those thoughts you have in the morning while you're having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or while you're on your way to work Um, and I wanted to put that in a song so I just keep saying this is my morning mood this is my morning mood and I'm talking about some political things I'm talking about just different things that I would like to see different in the world and it's just what I'm thinking about in the morning so the 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 meaning of the song is just uh, just kind of like a, I'm kind of contemplating um, my whole life and the world um, in one little jazzy song. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cool. And then Josiah's verse is, um, is, is similar to that, just kind of builds up upon that, just all of these random thoughts that come in your mind during the morning time. So I, I felt like it would be timeless if it was like a song about the morning. Like you could listen to it every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Yeah, so it's one of my favorites, Morning Mood, from my last project. Morning mood. 
This is this is a little bit of a, a turn, but you know, yeah. I'm gonna ask. It, it's a fun question. If you only had one genre of music mm-hmm. that you could listen to yes. for the rest of your life, what would it be? One genre of music. <laughs> it may be contemporary gospel music. Okay. Um, my favorite band is Need to Breathe. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Bear Reinhardt is like my favorite voice. So if I'm gonna listen to one genre, I'm gonna need me some Jesus. I'm just gonna need me some. Mm-hmm. And, and just something I cannot get tired of. I love contemporary uh, gospel music, I'd say. I was, it was between that and soul, because there's something about... <laughs> Maybe you know, I'll give you two. Yeah, okay, yeah, some soul music. <laughs> Maybe some soul. But then, you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll stick there. We'll stay there. Okay, contemporary gospel. I love it. Yeah. So how can I follow you on social media? If I'm trying to hear your yes. music, if I'm trying to internet sleuth, yes. how, can I, how can I find you? Yes, you can follow me. I'm mainly on Instagram okay. at love, L-O-V-E, underscore Loren, L-O-R-E-N. And that's my name just across, like, every social media platform. Okay. So that's on TikTok. I'm love underscore Loren. And on Facebook, my YouTube is Loren, L-O, capital R-E-N. And, yeah, on any streaming platforms, I'm on um, same name. Loren is on all of those streaming platforms where music is streamed. So Apple Music, Spotify. Um, you could check out my projects. I have new music coming. And you could just come inhale all, you know, positive energy. I hope that's what I'm giving. <laughs> <laughs> I have my days. Just kidding. <laughs> and if I go on your social media, am I able to register for the No Covers event? Yes, you are. Yep. And we have a website for No Covers as well. It's No Covers PGH. Okay. So that's just N-O-C-O-V-E-R-S-P-G-H dot com. We have a website where you can find out more information about No Covers. Um, and you can also watch our last show. This is our third time having no covers. Okay. So we had it in 2019, 2020, and now 2022. So the past shows are pretty awesome. And it's cool to see how we've grown. So definitely go to go to that website to see some of that good old stuff. Okay. And we'll definitely, we're going to link that information so people can yes, see please. it when they listen to the podcast. It was wonderful having you today. I just, you know, I want to know, is there anything else you want to share? Any other encouragements? <sighs> anything that's on your mind, your heart? I just want to encourage anybody listening to continue to draw outside the lines. Mm. When I was younger, I wrote a song to my niece. She was four at the time, and I told her, keep drawing out the lines because no one can define you. Mm. Um, And you know how when kids are drawn and they're like three, it's just (laughs) crazy. Like, I'm like, keep that same energy. So I just want to encourage you listeners to keep that same energy. I'm now married, and I have a daughter, and life is much different than it was when I first started writing music, but I still scribble. I still... (laughs) mess up and I think that's what makes life truly beautiful okay I love that keep scribbling (laughs) y'all so I'm here with Loren Loren I want to thank you so much for being here today and just giving us an inside look into what it is to be an artist a musician a mom you know everything a model making it happen so I'm Kamara Dorsey and you've been listening to WQED's Voice of the Arts